KRCL 90.9 FM, HD1, Salt Lake City, Ogden, Provo, 96.7 FM in Park City, and on the web at krcl.org. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. This is Radioactive. A show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. Tonight on the show, it's Roundtable Tuesday. We're talking banned books, y'all. It's Banned Books Week with the Utah Library Association, and we have Wanda Hoffaker and Katie Wegner. Armed queers of SLC and their counter-protest to protect a local drag show. An update on the quest for a new state flag and Robert and Alice Birch of Sima Hadithi to recap the nonprofit's seventh annual Tell the Story History Conference. But first, a few rallies and resources with our own Laura Jones. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing, Laura? You're driving the show. I know. It's been a minute since I've been at the driver's Having seat. Having to listen to all the volume. Oh, it's a lot going on. You know, all the I think I'm a multitasker until I get behind this seat. <laughs> <laughs> You can, you can multitask the family. Right, though. I'm, yeah, well, you know, with the <laughs> boys. <laughs> hey, um, let's do some rallies and resources. Sundance, of course, announcing its um, some important dates for the festival coming up January 19th through 29th. And you and I are working on a collaboration to cover it for Radioactive and Black, Bold, and Brilliant. Oh, let's go. Uh, our partnership with the Utah Film Center. So be paying attention for all that coming up. But passes and packages go on sale to the public starting October 17th. Man, has this year I was just saying that to by. eBay. I cannot believe it's already the 20th, Laura. It's yep. ridiculous. And they added a new uh, screening facility. They're going to do the Gateway this time. All the theaters at Gateway are going to be part of really? Sundance. So even more opportunity to see films in Salt Lake. Because I, yeah, I know it's Sundance. I know it's up at Park City. But I really don't like going up there. See, and I, I, I like it. I, you know, in, in my head, every time I tell somebody, it, the distance yeah. gets shorter and shorter. Does it? When I first yeah. moved here, it was like 35 minutes. And now I'm like, yeah, mm. I, was, I live about 15 minutes from Park City. I tr- oh, my gosh. The traffic up there during Sundance. I mean, I had to deal with traffic today just going up to the university. Oh, mm-hmm. I was losing my mind. So much construction up there. If anybody out there has an appointment at the University Hospital, Moran Eye Center, Primary Children's, Huntsman uh, Cancer Institute, you need to like plan two hours oh, and yeah. leave early oh, yeah. because it's a mess. <laughs> it, it's true. It's true. Like I, I tell people, I just take the train. I don't. Yeah, yeah I take I take tracks. It's yeah. it's just easier. It's quicker. Yeah. Okay. Petapalooza is coming up. We had Callista Pearson from uh, Salt Lake County Animal Services on earlier. It's happening on Saturday. There is so much happening on Saturday, including KRCL. I was gonna live. say, go. let's go KRCL that. record sale. All right, y'all. This is it. This is your last chance to get it. You got to get your fingers dirty. You got to get get on the knees. You got to <laughs> let your fingers do the walking. This is a record sale, and we and we've been saving. I don't want to say the best for last because I know we had some goodies out there, but every every record sale is something special. And on top of that, we're doing a live broadcast, yep. and that's going to be at downtown Salt Lake City Farmers Market, so seven we're to one. Pioneer Park. What else we Third got? Third South, Laura? Third West. You can come get your veggies. Oh, you gotta get the fruits and vegetables. And you can come and get your vinyl. Oh, there, there, there we go. Veggies and vinyl. Yeah. Did it's I just? Did we just drop another veggie, hashtag? Laura? Veggies and vinyl. Hashtag veggies. veggies and vinyl, y'all. We are on a rec- we're on a roll right okay. now. I know I haven't had caffeine today, but I have had my vitamin D and zinc. <laughs> yeah, you have. All right, so. 
All right, what else is on that list uh, at krcl.org? We, we got to say the Marmalade Jam Fest. Yep, that's happening this weekend at uh, the Garden. At yeah, Mountain Garden West at Mountain Cider. West Cider. That's 425 uh-huh. North, 400 West SLC. Tons of great jam, and of course, you know, the Marmalade neighborhood is where it used to be a ton of fruit cherries mm-hmm. decades and decades ago. There's still some there. Um, so that's celebrating that cultural gotcha. aspect of our history. Speaking of Mountain West Cider, tonight is, and shout out to all of our friends from the Euro- Rural Utah Project, their five-year anniversary party going on there, if you're interested in supporting that nonprofit. And then, uh, of course, today is National was, Voter Registration we, we're Day. We're on the page. We? I didn't even see we're, it. But yeah, no, it's not yeah. even out there. But I'm like, we better, y'all better go ahead and get registered to vote. Okay, so you can do it online, vote.utah.gov. You can do it at your county clerk's office, folks, as well. You can also update your registration mm-hmm. online and get all the details and figure out where early voting is. Get that mail-in ballot squared away. Because I, I just moved, and I was like, am I going to get it? What's and apparently when I updated my driver license, boom. Done and done? Yeah. So, But if you're not sure, you know, you need to get on this. So go to vote.utah.gov. And then tomorrow night, Nick Burns, who hosts with me on Wednesday nights, want to make sure everyone's reminded about the Are Your Voting Rights in Danger panel discussion mm. that the League of Women Voters in Utah and Salt Lake are hosting tomorrow night. And that is from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Salt Lake County Government Building. And, of course, all these things we're talking about, you can either get in the show notes or you can go to krcl.org, click on Community Affairs, and then choose Rallies and Resources. We and got something we should be talking about? Email me, radioactive at krcl.org. At the 9th and 9th Festival, I bumped yeah. into Deb. Uh, she, they were tabling Deb Case oh, so yeah, yeah, for yeah. a League of Women. And it, you, yeah. it's funny because of COVID. You don't, you don't mm-hmm. really know what people look like because we're all on, on Zoom. Zoom right? So I was like, Deb, she's like, who are you, uh, weird uh, guy coming <laughs> up to me? And I'm like, it's Rashad. She's like, oh, my gosh. It's fun. Hey, I don't know. I wanted, before we get to Sam Hadithi, I wanted you to report out about the Discover Food Festival. Oh, for I got the shirt on. I got my staff. It was last weekend at so Bayway. much fun. It was, it was a good time. I think, I want to say there was 15 vendors there, five, four or five trucks. And then, and then uh, inside there were about 15, mm-hmm. 15 food, food vendors. The weather was perfect. Fortunately, it, it only rained on the volunteers <laughs> when we were you. setting up. So that, I mean, that's, you know, if, yeah. if it's going to rain on anybody, I'd rather it rain on us while we set up than the yeah. people to stop the people from showing up. So International Rescue Committee of Salt Lake City has a program called Spice Kitchen Incubator, mm. folks. If you haven't heard of it, they help folks start food businesses, generally folks who have settled here as refugees yep. from another country. And the, so you're the food. Food is wide and oh, varied and, and fantastic. I, I, you know, I, I had this idea, Laura, and I didn't want to, you know, I'm not yeah. trying to take over nobody's event, but you know how I do. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I hope they have, like, they should do little plates, you know, because yeah. I want to have everything. Plates. And they had tapas. That was and all it was tapas. like five, six dollars. You can get a little plate of everything. Woo, Joe and you I went well crazy. Fed. Oh, we were well, I mean, you know, and I like to think that it la- it was going to last the whole week. Yeah. It didn't last. Yeah, you know, we finished it by, by Tuesday. It was all gone. <laughs> Yeah, or I'd say by by Sunday night, Monday morning, all the food was gone. Well, you know, I believe I have Spice Kitchen. If not, I'll make sure they're there tonight. In uh, go to Community Affairs, mm-hmm. and there's a Connect page. There's a Resources page. I'll make sure Spice to Go is in there because you don't have to wait a year for the Discover <laughs> Food Festival. They uh, feature their food trucks every week that you yeah. can order and pick up from. But then you can start following the food trucks and support people in our community it's making huge. great food. Uh, culturally relevant food and all of that. It, I, I mean, if there's ever a time to support, it, it's right now. Okay. Like, everybody needs it, but it's 
it's so good just to see, you know, some of them because what pre-COVID we had some of them on. Yeah. We were starting to have them in on a regular. So. You know, you know how greedy I am, Laura. So like, we can right, start that up again. I'm not gonna be upset. Okay. All right, we'll reach out. But in the meantime, let's uh, let's go to our first guest this evening, shall we? Oh yeah, let's okay. let's bring it to Robert and Alice. Hey, welcome to welcome back. I should say the birches are here. <laughs> Thank you. So, so Seema Hadithi, well, let's do a short little recap. What is Seema Hadithi for those who don't know? Okay. The full title is Seema Hadithi African American Heritage and Culture Foundation. We research, preserve, and share the story of African American history in Utah since 1822. Wow. So this is the seventh annual, was it? Yes. Yeah. Jubilee year. Oh, well, there we go. Let's you talk about it. You know what they it. say about Jubilee year, right? Tell us. The eighth year, major changes. Hint, hint. Okay. Uh -oh. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, yeah. Can we get a little insider information? What uh, you know? the changes? Uh -huh. right. Major changes coming next year. All right. What's going on? <laughs> Oh, we'll, Alice. <laughs> okay, Robert. We'll we'll be really pushing out into the community next year. You know, our our uh, first few years here, we're just basically learning. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And our jubilee is the expression that we are in of that era. Now we want to just get out there in the community and really push what we have. We are going to be sharing, creating, and sharing more exhibits to get the story into museums, into libraries, into cultural centers. Local neighborhood areas. Right. And just yeah. from all the way down to St. George up into Brigham City. So <laughs> we want to make sure that everyone begins to really learn the story of, of, of black Utah and the history of black Utah. So we're going to be really stepping out and into publications as well yeah. so that we, we really uh, begin to... <clears throat> as a uh, history organization uh, produce a product that people can hold in their hand like yeah. a, a yeah. like a quarterly as well as go to a location and, and see a great exhibit and learn more you said a year 1822 so mm -hmm. is that the farthest back you've been able to track someone's story here in utah yes who is that um, oh gosh, you had to ask me because I don't, I don't, uh, I don't remember their name. I, all I can remember his name started with an L. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, but a part of uh, exploration uh, of, of the West when people were coming out mm -hmm. east, and he was a part of those explorer companies like uh, like James uh, Beckworth, like Beckworth. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really was, I was really trying to get the name of the company that came up. Lewis uh, and Clark, is that yeah, what you're thinking? Something of? like that, but it mm -hmm. wasn't Lewis and Clark. Okay. But they had several companies that came out yeah. west. And, uh, Lewis and Clark just happened to be the most famous and popular. Yeah, I was just reading like, about and others. Uh, a man, an African-American named York, mm -hmm. who was a slave mm -hmm. on that expedition and had to do all the hard work, I'm yes. guessing. Mm -hmm. um, and he asked to be freed at the end of that. And uh, I think it was Lewis mm -hmm. said no and sold mm -hmm. him to someone else. Who yeah. right. would treat him, treat him horribly. But now his story... Um, is being told again from um, that perspective, yes. not of Lewis and Clark. And that's what you're trying to get at, too, is having folks share their family stories, un right. help uncover the stories, and tell them through that lens. Right, and that's part of one of the things that we're going to be doing in 23 is that we're going to be getting out into the neighborhoods where people are located right where they are instead of having to travel and we're going to invite them to come and visit us at a location near them and to scan photos that they have mm -hmm. with um, oh, black people great. in them and documents, whatever they have. 
Um, we're not asking for their personal items. We're just asking that they share those personal items and that those personal items, will, the copies will then be preserved by us and then shared historically with all of Utah to further um, enlarge and correct the history of Utah. So that's one of the big things I'm talking about, yeah. Laura. Uh, yeah, I, I, love well, I, I love that. You know, because honestly, Laura, if, if I'm from I'm hearing correctly, and it, it really ties into the show we have going on later today with yeah. Van Books, yeah. you know, and it's really knowledge. It's education. Yes. And if you don't, it, you know, if you don't share it, one, it you're, you know, in war and situations like that, you're damned to repeat it. But even worse, if you don't share it, that history goes away. And yeah. it's so mm-hmm. important to have these stories because of that. What's your thoughts? I see you nodding, Robert. Well, What's your uh, thoughts? The, the first of a, the, uh, event is tomorrow at uh, the uh, Union Station Museum from 11 to 4. Mm-hmm. So you can bring those documents, photos, whatever. Uh, uh, you can come out and scan them. And then we're going to also give you an opportunity to take 60 to 90 seconds to explain what that photograph or document means to you. Mm-hmm. So that not only you get a chance to save that document, for uh, posterity, but actually tell the story so that when we look at it 100, 200 years from now, we actually know what that document represents. So that's magical. So this is tomorrow. Yes. Union Station. That's up in Ogden, in Ogden. right? Yes. And the yep. museum. We'll get that in the show notes, but also in rallies and resources, yeah. 11 to 4. And I love that you're going to scan it, and I'm guessing folks get a digital copy as well. Yes. They can keep yes. their original keep their right. and get the digital, because I know I don't have a scanner, and i got to start putting together my family history. Oh, there I, I just accepted two more boxes in the family <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't you tree. love it when you get your garage needed that, Laura. I'm, I'm the keeper of but um, uh, you also did a walking tour as part of the conference. Our How did first, that go? tell yeah, folks about that. It was so exciting. Um, I was really worried about it, and oh my gosh, I had anxiety attacks about it. <laughs> um, would anybody attend? You yeah. know, That's because the fear. well, you know, because this is the thing is that, and and I don't mean this unkindly, but white Americans will do stuff for our history, and you get huge turnouts. But then um, here we are, um, black Americans, and we're doing this about our history. Would we get a good mm-hmm. turnout? How'd you know? Go? How'd it go? Yeah. And it sold out. Oh, okay. And I was so Plus. excited when I saw that. Plus, <laughs> and we had people calling us and asking, you know, I missed it. You're sold out. Can I get a ticket? And we kept saying no. And then a certain person called <laughs> called me and said, I didn't know her uh-huh. until that call. And she says, you know, they were supposed to buy my ticket. Could I just please, is there any way you can get me in? And I considered who she was and where she's working. And I thought, you know, it's really important for her to be there, mm-hmm. you know, because we're talking about state, you know, from a state level and how that can impact us Absolutely. as a state. Yeah. And I wanted her there. And I said, yes, I'm going to go open it. Go in and buy your ticket now. <laughs> and she did. And we got it, her in. A bunch of other people. Yes. No, <laughs> no. No, so just her. Just remind folks, this is Plum Alley that we're talking about? Or where did you take folks? We were at Mignon Barker Richmond Park. I love saying the full name of the mm-hmm. park Mignon because it's important that you know it's a woman mm-hmm. okay. and it's a black woman, right? 600 South. Yes, 600 South and 4, I think it's 44, 444 um, East. It's in that 400 block right yeah. there. New art in and the park. Yes. 
And um, so we uh, we took them there, and that's where our tour was. We talked about the new mural that was installed there, and um, we talked about the women and some of the backstories about how the mural came to be. And um, we had a special visitor. Um, Lizzie Taylor um, came and visited us. Elizabeth Lizzie Austin Taylor. You know, she and her husband ran one of the three black-owned and ran newspapers in Utah. She and her husband, William, ran the, um, the Utah Plain Dealer newspaper. And it competed with Julius Taylor, not related to them, um, who ran one of the Broadax papers. Because there were two papers that were both named Broadax. Mm-hmm. And Julius Taylor's was very explosive and very mm, controversial, <laughs> you know. And um, the plane dealer was not controversial. It was just a matter of them traveling to other states and then bringing back information to the black American community in Utah. But Lizzie Taylor um, came from beyond and and visited the people and um, told her story. And she talked about a friend of hers. She talked about, I love saying this full name too, Jane Elizabeth Manning James. And she told about Aunt Jane and how she knew her and and how she was in the community and, and different things about her. And I think it really went really well. And if you go onto the Facebook page, you'll see a picture of Ms. Lizzie on there. I think you might have to help us contact uh, yeah, her. Yeah, seriously. In. I don't know if Dr. Jackie Thompson has anything to do with that, but <laughs> we'd love to invite them to come down and do that during Radioactive, okay? Well, that's fantastic. So an event tomorrow. What is the website where folks can catch up with Sema Hadithi and get involved and start planning for all these changes that the two of you are talking about that are coming? Uh, uh, we, our website is samahadithi.org. That's S-E-M-A-H-A-D-I-T-H-I.org. Excellent. Thanks and so we're on Instagram, Instagram now, too. Are you? All right. What's, the <laughs> handle? What's the handle? Just Sema uh, Hadithi? Sema Hadithi. Okay, we'll yep. put all that in the show notes. Thanks so much. Thank and, you, uh, both of you. Please be in touch about all the events you have coming up so we can have you on, get it on our listings and everything, okay? Thank you. All thank right. you so much for having oh, us. Of course. And thank you, Rashawn, for being our wonderful master of ceremonies at dinner Friday. Oh, of course. Well, I'm glad I could <laughs> just so be a part. So what did you do? Remind folks. What? I, uh, so I just helped I just helped push the program along. That's it. I, I played a very small part into their amazing and special occasion. But it was. I was just glad to be in the numbers. It was an amazing event. Well, it was wonderful. I'm sorry we have to let you go. I yeah. love it when you two come and visit. <laughs> you usually get one or the other, so we have both it's of you really, today. It's always nice when you get both of them. <laughs> Let's get this conversation going about the flag update. More than a flag. Here we go. Roll that tape. Mm. Governor's office is launching a semi-final state flag exhibit on September 22nd. There are 20 flags on display in a temporary exhibition at the Utah State Capitol, Logan and Cedar City. It's time to weigh in, but I want to find out, out a little bit more about the winnowing process. David Wakai is with us. Hey, David, how are you? I'm good. How are you? You helped introduce this to our listeners. Stick around. Got a few questions for you. And Senator Jake Anderegg is with us, part of the state flag task force from the beginning. Thanks for your time, Senator. Thanks, it's good to be here. So in looking at all the submissions that came in, was there anything in particular that caught your eye, Senator? I don't mean anything specific, but what you were kind of looking for in terms of feel or tone. 
Yeah, there was quite a few. Um, we have four primary sub-task force as part of the, the state flag selection process, and each one was looking at various aspects. One was looking at um, cultural and our background, our pioneer heritage, as well as the Native American heritage that preceded that. The, another one was with the, the tourism industry. Another one was with business and, and, and so on and so forth. So I was serving on the, uh, I was serving on the tourism industry one. So I, what we were looking for is we were kind of looking for what would be iconic that people could see the flag, you know, a hundred yards away and go, that's Utah. Um, and, and, and that has a lot of overlap with, you know, our history and, and, and other things as well. But what we were really looking for was something that you could market, that you could brand, and that very quickly, everybody, when they saw it and became familiar with it, would know that's Utah, similar to what they've done in California and in Colorado and in New Mexico, something that we can actually kind of have as an emblem that we all recognize and, um, and that everyone can rally behind because right now our flag is one of a, a almost 40 that you can't tell the difference apart unless you're right up looking at them and seeing the distinctions and uh, that's that's really hard to market utah well yeah. and david is the project manager you your task was to help these ideas that have been submitted to go through an actual design process who did y'all work with so we, one of our other subcommittees is a design review subcommittee, um, and they've been involved putting in the most amount of work uh, out of anyone throughout this process. So when we did have our 5,703 designs that we were looking at, uh, they were tasked with uh, going around the room. We had everything posted up on the wall, um, and they selected uh, things off the wall that they think are worthy of consideration, um, ideas, colors, symbols, whatever it may be that they think um, could influence the next uh, state flag. And so we we went through that process in June. We uh, surprisingly in the first day narrowed it down to uh, under 100. And then we spent the next few months just narrowing it down from there, um, talking about what each design meant. Uh, we brought in uh, a little bit more about their descriptions, some of the symbolism. And, uh, and then uh, our design review committee got it down to about 30 to 40, somewhere in there. And then we had a, a smaller group of uh, of individuals on that committee, um, vexillologists, designers, community members who um, kind of teamed up in different groups to uh, to further refine based on the ideas and some of the things we were hearing to get us to where we're at right now with our, our semifinalist group of 20. You used the word vexillologist? That's correct. Yeah, vexillology is the study of flags. Um, and we've got several uh, professional amateur vex uh, vexillologists on our design review committee. Um, there is a, a North American Association for Vexillology. And so um, having that perspective about what works, what doesn't work with flags was really interesting um, to work and partner with these designers uh, and, and non-designers on our, on our committee to, to provide multiple perspectives on this flag process. Well, now you want lots of perspectives because you're asking for public feedback. Is this a tell me what you don't like or tell me what you do like kind of process? The question we ask from everyone is, does this flag represent Utah? And we, we ask them to rate that on a scale of, of zero to six. You know, it, it represents the flag very well or it doesn't at all. And then we invite people to share why or why not. Senator Anderegg, one of the things that we're trying to accomplish as a state, as a, as a statewide community, is a flag that is more encompassing and more inclusive. What would you ask the public to consider as they view these 20 semifinalists and vote? 
Well, I mean, um, I think that the flag needs to have a simplistic, iconic uh, ability to reach out and grab the viewer and, and something that they can rally behind um, that doesn't necessarily completely abandon our history or what got us to this point. Um, so simple is always better when we're talking about kind of a, a flag that can become a symbol of our, of our branding. And yet, uh, on the same account, that means the symbols that you put in there are very meaningful and need to be. Uh, one of the symbols that I think we've somewhat rallied around as far as inclusiveness is this, this notion that before the Mormon pioneers came, you know, there were eight uh, different tribes of Native American Indians that were here that we, uh, you know, we have to acknowledge there. So uh, as part of that, usually on, on all the finalists, not all of them, but many of the finalists will have a star that have eight points symbolizing those Native American tribes. So that's just one example. Uh, the other aspect of it would be things like our mountains, our beauty, our landscape, the three uh, distinct geographical uh, realities between the desert, the basin, you know, the Southern Utah's red rocks and the mountains in the Northeast. So, uh, we're looking at things that, that will really help codify the symbol of Utah in a way that can become iconic as well as have a good representation in as simple format as possible. So yeah, we want to be inclusive, but simple is often better. Um, too many of the flags that, that many States have are, are just good but just cluttered 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 and uh i i think we're looking for something that is a little bit more uh simple and iconic that people can recognize from a long way away so how long do people have to make their voice heard david so uh, october 5th is the deadline to go to flag.utah.gov um, from there you can uh, review all 20 uh, semi-finalist flag designs um, open up the survey and tell us what you think. Um, you'll be able to read detailed descriptions of each design and what each symbol means, what the colors mean. Um, and we hope that um, we'll get a, a ton more of uh, responses. We, we, as of uh, this past weekend, had over 13,000 responses. We had over 4,000 just in the first day that we launched. So um, there's a lot of involvement and we, we hope to continue to get some more involvement and, and people telling us what they think by October 5th. So the event on Thursday at 11.15, these 20 semifinal designs on flagpoles, will that stay up through the 5th so people could physically see them as well as check them out online? It will, yes. Um, October, uh, or sorry, October 5th is when um, the deadline is for public feedback, but um, we will have the 20 semifinalist flags printed and uh, hung on display at the Capitol. So they will be outside during the press conference and then they'll move inside uh, to the Hall of Governors at the Capitol. Uh, through October 5th. We will also have a few localized exhibits. We'll have one down at Cedar City um, at the Southern Utah University, and we'll have one up in Logan um, at the uh, at the city, uh, on the city grounds um, right there on Main Street in Logan. So if you're in any of those locations, you can go check out those flags in person there as well. Is October 5th going to be by like election night? Or are we going to have early results <laughs> at 8 o'clock? When are we going to know the final design? Uh, it might still be a little while. Um, what we want people to know is that this is a, a, a flexible and fluid process. Um, by gathering this feedback, we're going to get a lot of information. Um, and, and I don't envy our design review committee, the task force, those who have to make you know a decision. Um, so uh, the, there's, a, there's a good chance the final design might not even be in this, this final 20. You know, after including what we hear, um, 
we'll, we'll continue to make revisions. The, the goal is to have the best flag that represents the state as well as it can. So um, hopefully uh, here in the next few months, we'll, we'll have something, but um, it's, it's hard to tell at this point. And Senator Anderegg, how confident are you that you're going to get what you need out of this round of design? Because I should go back to the beginning and say this is a semifinal exhibit, not a final exhibit. That's exactly right. And I think ultimately the, uh, the final decision will have to go before the state legislature for final approval and ratification. So um, I think this is the refining process that we follow to um, try to build as not enough support to get a majority of the state behind these concepts and these designs. And uh, the, the process will continue. I do know one thing, if we can't get to 38 votes in the House, 15 votes in the Senate, one vote for the governor, nothing's going to change. So <laughs> we've got to go through this process well. We want to make sure everybody who has a, a legitimate concern or input needs to be heard. So that, that's the only way this works, is if the public really does have a voice at the table. And that is State Senator Jake Anderig, David Wakai. They're all working on the More Than a Flag mm -hmm. project. And I'll put a link in tonight's show notes. In fact, the show post is actually up. We just got to add the whole there we go. conversation to it. But there's a link right there to go and check out these 20 semifinalists. Tomorrow, 11:15 South Steps of the Capitol. They're having a big kickoff. And they, I think they've printed the 20 semifinalists. Okay. And it's going to be on display. And a display in Logan and Cedar. You can go physically see them. But you, know, you can also click the link and go see them virtually and then vote and I, you know, I don't know if I like any of them I, I don't want to <laughs> see I was worried I told email I was worried about saying that but I'm glad you did uh it's not that I don't like any of them I just it's like no nah, that's not it well when I see it when I see a flag I'm like mm -hmm. all right well like what I wear it as a hat where I wear it as a shirt like what am I doing with yeah. this flag am I gonna drive around with it on my legs plate yeah. and none of them jumped out some of them yeah. were just like, eh, you know, like, yeah. I'm, you know, and hey, I'm not an artist, Laura, so I don't want to knock other people's creations. They're just not. I liked what he said about the eight pointed star to yeah. signal the eight indigenous tribes. That I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Mormon pioneers came through and changed the landscape forever. And, I, you know, it's like it's such a fraught discussion to why change it. Well, you know, it could use an updating. And that's the thing. <laughs> I like I, I wouldn't mind if they do like a mashup of some of the ideas because I thought the star was cool. Like I'm not really a. It's gonna look like a bingo card. <laughs> it, it, well, and some of them are just you know I, it, it it looked like one of my eight or my eleven year old might have done it. I you know, just trying to it, keep it simple. And, it's a fine line, right, it is between a fine that line. and your eight year old. Yeah, because so. you, you know, I mean, it, it has to be appealing to the masses, right? Yeah. And simple and easy to see from far. Okay, we're just like yeah, we're, rehashing. We, we digress. It. We okay, digress. We've got we one more guest yes. before we get to our band books. And Armia Fanion is back. Hi, how are you? Hey, hey, Armia, how are you? Hey there. Good, good. Thanks for having me in. I think when we first met you, it was as part of March for Our Lives. Mm -hmm. yes. And you have gone on to other things now in your life and um, kind of taking a, a center left approach to the 2A, right? Second Amendment. And part of that work has led you to form something unique. Tell us about your new organization. Definitely. So the organization is called Armed Queers Salt Lake City. We're an organization that started um, in Uprise of the 2020 movement. Um, during this uprise, so many people across the country kind of began to see a need um, for the left to begin arming ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and there's a real history behind, you know, leftist movements arming ourselves, working people, oppressed people arming yep. ourselves. And so we saw it as a real necessity for queer and trans people, um, and especially in a city like Utah, <laughs> which is, you know, um, a gun-loving state and is a state that certainly has tons of queer and trans people. Um, it was so very important for us to also begin um, such efforts here on the ground. So. One of the things that we've started to see in relation to banned books is folks upset and protesting drag story time at libraries or community spaces across the country. And there is a drag event coming up that you saw a protest being organized for. And so your group, Armed Queer Salt Lake City, is doing a counter protest. Tell us what's going on, when, where, why. Definitely. So there is a counter protest to a family friendly drag show that Gia Bianca Stephens is putting on at the Galvin Center on September 22nd. Um, you know, so many different activists who have been against drag shows across the country um, have organized efforts to kind of um, intimidate the drag shows and intimidate the participants who will be arriving at the drag shows. And that's certainly been the case here in our city as well. And so this is, um, you know, a part of that effort, a part of this kind of larger organized effort to intimidate queer and trans gatherings. And so we saw it as a really important to kind of show out in our numbers and show that, um, you know, we're much larger than them, we're much louder than them, and that there are, in fact, people who are in support of these shows. Have, have we gotten a chance to talk to these protesters about the hypocrisies that are going on when they show up to a family-friendly drag show to say it's not for children, but they're not, I don't know, showing up at church right. to protest <laughs> where these priests are being protected by the Catholic Church or in sometimes the Mormon religion, they're being pro they're being protected. So so if, if it's good for the geese, why is it not good for the gander? Exactly. And, you know, we always say in Armed Queers, if drag queens are your number one enemy, then it's time for you to rethink your politics. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Get it. So are you going to open carry, which is what we frequently see at some mm -hmm. of these uh, protests? Um, we're not. We're definitely going to have security measures in place. You know, our folks are trained on weapons, and so they are going to be concealed carry day of. Um, well, we're not going to open carry um, for the fact that this is a family-friendly show. Mm -hmm. And also there are people who are already kind of hesitant to bring bringing their kids to such shows. So we we didn't see, you know, uh, that kind of a risk where we would need to open carry for, for this specific event. So. so for folks interested in this event or perhaps uh, Armed Queer Salt Lake City in general, how can they get in touch? Definitely. So the event is happening this Thursday, September 22nd at 6.30 p.m. at the Galvin Center. It's going to be happening on the Main Street entrance. We would love for everyone to join, bring a sign. And if you want to get in touch with Armed Queers, our Instagram account is armedqueersslc on Instagram. And we would love to have anyone join as well. So, What else are you up to these days? Just give us a brief update. Catch us up. Yeah, Definitely. what's going on in the world? <laughs> well, I'm also, you know, organizing with the Party for Socialism and Liberation. Mm -hmm. We've been a part of so many different class struggles here in Utah. Um, I've been a part of the abortion struggle to ensure the trigger law is overturned. I've been a part of different, you know, the trans struggle here in Utah where we're trying to get rid of HB 11 and protect um, the trans community here. Um, you know, we've been fighting for housing and, and, and health care, and I was very luckily uh, part of the Bernie campaign in 2020. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of what the world of organizing here looks like. So you've been busy, to <laughs> yes. say the least. <laughs> very busy. We've all been busy. Yeah, and today right. is National Voter Registration that's Day. Right. Is your voter registration up to date? It's always up to date, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> What's your call to your peers, your age group, about 
getting registered, registered to vote, getting involved in organizations and showing up at the polls. Definitely. Well, my message to them is, you know, it's it's important to vote for working class candidates who have been fighting for the working class and oppressed people. And um, it's, imp- it's important to stay critical of the candidates and not throw out your vote uh, just because somebody is aligned with a specific party. Um, and so it, it's time for us to begin thinking in a real radical sense, which I think young people, um, you know, across the country and throughout history have have kind of forefronted. And so, uh, yeah, it's time for us to kind of begin thinking in these new radical ways about electoral politics. When we start talking about radical ways, do are, are we, is the message also that it is so important that we are paying attention locally? Because I know it feels like when it's on a national scale, everybody wants to show up, but it's really for, for people like us in a, in a state that is as small as Utah, it is so important and imperative that we show up here because we can really make a difference in our own backyards. Oh, definitely. And it's so important for us to take it to the streets. And the streets are here locally in your cities. Um, and that's where real action happens. It's organizing in the streets, it's organizing these on the ground movements. And that always has started locally. You know, you don't have to be in a city like New York. You don't have to be in these big cities across the country to organize. Um, organizing here in Salt Lake City is perhaps even more important than those bigger cities, for sure. Well, Ermia Fanayan, thank you so much for coming in. It's good to see you. Definitely Let's not you. leave it so long next That's time. That's right. Okay? We, we got to have you back for sure. Well, thanks so much. So thanks. to get us to our next conversation about banned books, and by the way, the Utah Book Festival has an entire Reading Dangerously series that you can check Ooh. out, which brings together education professionals, parents, and the community at large to discuss challenged books and their impact on society. So our conversation alone is uh, not the only thing happening. But... In 2017, I think, the Salt Lake County Library uh, put out a parody of Elton John's Philadelphia Freedom. And yes. anytime Wanda's in the house, we got Wanda Huffaker coming up along with Katie Wagner from the Utah Library Association. We got to play this. So how about a little intellectual freedom? Freedom. Let's go. KRCL. This is Rashawn Leak Roundtable Tuesdays. Coming up, we have Democracy Now! at 7 p.m. with Amy Goodman, Connor in the Late Night Lowdown at 8 p.m., Super Sounds with Chovy at 10.30, and Wrapping Around with John Florence starts a brand new day at 7 or 6 a.m. But let's get to some banned books. I am so ready, Laura. Let's go. Okay, so let's look at the latest data from Banned Books Week, which is going on now as we speak. We got some data to share first. All right, so what do we got? We got censorship, on the other hand, am I reading it right from the top? Yeah, there you go. All right, books unite us. They reach across boundaries and build connections between readers. Censorship, on the other hand, divides us and creates barriers. In 2021, 1,597 books were affected by censorship attempts. Whew, I'm curious. Almost sixteen hundred yeah. books, Laura. Yeah. I'm curious how it breaks down in our own community. So let's introduce our guests. We got two folks who are librarians, long time in the community, and uh, we want to hear what they have to say. Yep, we have Wanda Hoffaker and Katie Wegner, both Salt Lake County librarians. What's going on, ladies? Hi, thanks for having us. Of course, welcome to the show origin stories oh yeah we have to start with that i mean it wouldn't be us if we didn't start with origin stories so katie let's talk about your origin stories and what got you into being a librarian yeah so i've always loved to read and i was raised as a library kid my parents would take me to the library and let me pick out whatever i wanted um 
and I turned out fine from being <laughs> able to read whatever I wanted. <laughs> Were you in that club? Like you had that library card very young. I oh, yeah. did. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And then I never really thought about being a librarian until after I graduated with bachelor's degree, didn't know what to do. Um, and got a job as a clerk at a librarian at um, the library in Park City yeah. and just worked my way up and I love it. <laughs> and now you're also involved with the Utah Library Association, which does what and what do you do with them? Yeah, so we are an association for the whole state of Utah. Um, every kind of librarian can join. Um, we provide training, support, resources, networking opportunities, um, and I'm involved with the Intellectual Freedom Committee as the co-chair. All right. I, I want to bring it over to Katie. I mean, I'm sorry. I want to bring it over. But first, I need to find out what is the Utah Library Association of Intellectual Freedom Committee? What is that all about? What do you do? Yeah. So we support librarians who are facing censorship challenges. Um, they can come to us for resources, for training. Um, your phone's like ringing do. off the hook right now. It's got to be. <laughs> it's been a busy, busy year. <laughs> so, yeah. But we've got a great team of people here to support library. I love it. All right, Wanda, let's bring you into the conversation. How did you get into li being a librarian, I should say? Oh, my story's not uh, at all. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is the woman that wrote the lyrics to the intellectual freedom. Like, yeah, let, yeah, seriously. Uh, I got intellectual freedom because I didn't want to be told what to do. And that was that story. And I got into libraries because I... Um, needed a job that paid money to support your book to, habit well no <laughs> uh my kids because i was okay. a single parent yeah mm, that'll do it and i you know that wasn't my t i tell my kids all the time and they get tired of hearing it i know we weren't your dream and you <laughs> gave up your dream for us oh <laughs> i was going to be a writer <laughs> and that's what i was which is you know a cousin to books absolutely but, but Libraries paid the bills, and here I am. And intellectual freedom is really, a, you know, no one's telling me what to do in First Amendment rights. And one of my daughters attended a First Amendment rights school. And uh, that, even in high school, when I was on the newspaper staff, <laughs> First Amendment rights, that, that has always been a passion for years. So... That which that's that's a really interesting thing to think about the First Amendment mm -hmm. and banned books, Rashawn. Oh, absolutely. Because we're talking about who gets to say what mm -hmm. gets to be written or spoken or talked about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, because oh man, oh I should have made a talking point for that one, but that I didn't. <laughs> it is. Congress doesn't make any la la la. Wish I could quote it. The law about what, it, and it's only in public schools and public libraries about what can be in there. So when someone tries to protest what can be in a public library, they can't, or in a public school, they, they don't get to. I, this is going to be the condensed version mm -hmm. without a note on okay. what it is. Okay. But for instance, this is, this is one thing. They can't just pull a book out of a library without having a review. But they are, aren't they? Yeah, and oh, well, yeah, they can. Well, I guess they shouldn't. That's the rule. <laughs> they shouldn't. And so... It feels like this crop of challenges, <laughs> the folks making them are suddenly discovering there are books in schools and, that kids and, 
This is not new. And what does a review consist of? Ah, because it doesn't mm. sound like it's reading the book. Well, <laughs> oh, I know. And there's a lot of things that it is that it shouldn't be. Yeah. So it should be. You have a policy in your library that says um, somebody comes in. They don't like the book. Here's the policy. The policy says these people review it, decide whether you should have it or not. Most folks already have these policies in place. Oh, they should, and you should follow it. So when Alpine School District says, we're going to pull 41 books or 51 books, we're just going to take them out of the library, that's like a violation of constitutional. Constitution says you have to have a review before you actually pull the books. And so That's what's happening in Alpine School mm-hmm. District? Yeah, it happened there. It happened in canyons. It happens any place they just pull the books without a review. Because mm-hmm. parents are... Pounding. I was just going to ask Katie, so who is pushing for this? Like, who's initiating these... Oh, that's your call, Katie. Yeah. You take Hi. that. I'll take this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is what your committee reviews. Correct. Yeah. So what we're seeing really everywhere is these parents' rights groups popping up. Um, there's some pretty well-known ones, like... Moms for Liberty, um, No Left Turn in Education is one. Um, And they're pulling lists of hundreds and hundreds of books that they want removed from schools because they're claiming that they're pornographic. Where are they, if they all read these books? Where are they getting their information from? Are these lists coordinated? It's very coordinated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's very coordinated. Um, A lot of the books we're seeing get pulled are young adult books. you brought some with you. I did bring some with me. Um, anything with queer characters um, is on their list. Anything de- talking about race, coming of age stories. Those are the big ones that we're seeing. Those titles in front of you are? Yeah, I have The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, mm-hmm. um, Two Boys Kissing by David Levithan, and Looking for Alaska by John Green. Rashawn, this seems to be tied to our lack of sex education. Oh, in I, think State, it's, I it? think it's pretty closely related. <laughs> yeah, they're kissing cousins, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> so then what happens? You, I mean, it sounds like maybe these challenges happen, then you have to kind of be on top of finding them. I mean, do you, does somebody else call the Utah Library Association, get your committee, and say, hey, what is going on? Get involved. Right. Ideally, that's what would happen, but... I think it's a really scary time to be a school librarian right now. Um, If you're afraid of losing your job for speaking out, then that puts you in a really hard place where you're kind of being forced to go against your professional values. We've seen, I'm trying to remember the community that I read this about. It was over the summer and and the librarians themselves are being accused the way some politicians are of the groomer tag. Oh my gosh. If you, if you support just, hey, wait a minute, let's follow our policy, you're getting these things thrown at you as the librarian. Is that what you're hearing? Right, right, exactly what we're hearing. Um, and they're calling basically anything they don't agree with pornography. And there's, there's no pornography in school libraries. There's no pornography in public libraries. <laughs> There will just be... Technically, the term for pornogra- mm-hmm. pornography only applies to child pornography. It, other than that, it all applies. It's all obscenity. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is where the problems are. And to call it obscenity, we have another test for it. But they call it all pornography. And it's not. This is where they they just lump it all into pornography and grooming and it... And it's and it's not. Is anybody challenging these parents on the ignorance that they are uh, they are pushing forward? You know, I think as more people are finding out about it, we're seeing more support for our educators and our librarians. Um, there's a new local group that just formed to kind of counter this, which is um, 
Compassion Coalition. I like that. Yeah, so they're just getting started. Um, uh, we got to look them up. Yeah, for you know that we both wrote down. We were both <laughs> Wanda, waiting. I'm listening to you, and I hear the weariness. Like here we go again in your voice. You've seen this a couple of times, I'm guessing, over the course of your career. Do you know, because I've done this, I used to be um, with ULA, Intellectual Freedom Committee, and then I got more involved with American Library Association, who is like Satan's spawn to these groups. Mm. They are the worst, um, obviously, tools of the devil putting this stuff out, and they... um, they hate ALA. So ALA is standing up for librarians and, <laughs> right? Is that what you're saying? ALA writes the policy that yeah. supports pornography, obscenity, and um, all these things leading children to hell because they hate <laughs> ALA. <laughs> That's what these parents groups yeah, are, are saying. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm, I've started working more with ALA, but even in our county, um, a couple of years ago, we had maybe two, three challenges a year and the county library is the largest one in the state Mm -hmm. two or three a year last year we had 11 challenges just in one year and this year so far and we're only in first of september school just started (laughs) um and this is so the county public library we had what did they say the other day 14 14 or 15 (laughs) we haven't even hit the end of the year are these individual (laughs) books or incidents uh, at school library at the library library, the public library yeah challenges to deal with so you said you had formed before we started our conversation tonight some new committee in the county library what's that about um because i want us to always be the best (laughs) I, w- I just wanted to make sure that we were on top of this and we weren't just haphazardly saying, oh, there's another challenge in. Let's just gather a group of people and look Do at the it. Process. Or somebody look at that and write the letter. We, have, we are very organized now when a challenge comes in. Challenge comes in. We have a little task force of three people assigned. And we, and we have a, it's like 15 people on our big committee. We have three assigned. They look at it. They review it. There's deadlines. It's tracked. We are very organized. Another one comes in, and so we are we are on top of this um, at all times. And it's so they're not going to we're not going to have something slip by us. Mm-hmm. That reconsideration process isn't going to um, slip by at all. So when so when a challenge comes through, what's the like? How long do you have it? What's the actual? It, is it read the book? Is it talk to the parents? Is it like what does it look like when it you know is do we everybody gets in a room and we have a discussion or is it they just they just on a whim say I don't like this book I think it should be removed and and then because it doesn't sound like if they get denied it doesn't sound like that's okay with them. When they first come in, we really try to have a pleasant conversation with them and. Perhaps maybe we'll explain to them what reading and, and is. it won't go any further. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. we talk and sometimes that happens and they and it doesn't go any further. Libraries as a rule have a policy about books that come in. Is that something that folks need to be educated on, Katie? We do um, follow material selection policies. So we obviously can't read the thousands of books yeah. in our library, but... We do try to buy popular bestsellers. We look at reviews. We do read as many books as we can, but Mm. we're buying from reputable reputable sources. One of the other ways that books are removed is people just take them. 
<laughs> we were just talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Has that happened? Have you been seeing that across the county? Wanda got worked up on that one. <laughs> so basically just well, stealing the book, is, for lack of a well, better term. When you right. asked us to bring some books in today, uh-huh. well, <laughs> and we were trying to pull books for displays, I said, oh, Where's that one and that one? And we're supposed to have that one. And you're finding how many are missing. <laughs> Katie, the same thing, was yeah. missing some. Yeah. And they were supposed to be on the shelf. They weren't checked out. <laughs> they were just gone. Wow. Can you give us that list? You got a list of, what? Are, what is this list of, Wanda? Do you want me to just read yeah, it? Just yeah, just what is this list? This is the top 10 last year banned books yes. in the country. And number one was genderqueer. I thought... Because I've read all these, except for one, which I checked out about six times and could not finish. <laughs> I'd read it like and I'd it. go... You're bored. Oh. And, and it's not like I'm like being a prude or anything. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like the book. Yeah. <laughs> Gender Queer was number one. Then Lawn Boy. Oh, I could do it in order, but I'm not going to. That's not in order. Um, Out of Darkness. This book is gay. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Bluest Eye. Um, Beyond Magenta, All Boys Aren't Blue, um, The Hate You Give, and Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian. So those are the number top Top 10 10. band of last year. And again, uh, in 2021, 1,597 books affected by censorship attempts. As as librarians, what what are your thoughts about this? I mean, you know, books are full of ideas and what's the most dangerous thing in the world an idea yeah, right so what exactly. is your thoughts on this what is it that you want folks listening to this whether they uh, are worried about what kids are exposed to or they they support e- extreme access to books um uh, i'm just trying to get the, the <laughs> i like spectrum that the spectrum I like- <laughs> yeah yeah Yeah, I think definitely visit your local library. We're always, always happy to help somebody find a book that's right for them. Um, Not every book is for every reader. That's okay, but we'll help you find one that is. Wanda, what's your thoughts that you want to convey to folks who think it's their job to tell people what they can and can't read? I I visit the library, and I'll help I'll help give you the tools so you can avoid things you don't want to read instead of just help you find things you do. We have a lot of ways to show you to show you tools out there. When you see LGBTQ in a catalog or in a subject heading, that's your clue. Let's move along. That that's yeah, what the along. book's well, about. That's, that's not yours. Well, that's the thing. It's <laughs> you know, it it feels like a, a microcosm of what's really going on in the world, and people are having problems minding their own damn business. Is really yeah, what's exactly. going on. Because mm-hmm. it's, if you don't want to read it, that's fine, Laura. Mm-hmm. Don't read it. But mm-hmm. to stop someone else, or even worse, to go to the library and steal a book <laughs> because you feel like you're somebody's hero is ridiculous. Can you give us some of the, the reasons for challenges? I mean, I think we've kind of hit on the, the top, but I'm seeing a whole little word. There's a list here. Yeah, that word list. Word, yeah, a little Tetris. Yeah, I think anything that mentions queerness, being queer, um, anything that mentions sex at all will be on the list. Um, Swear words, I think that will get something. (laughs) I think in the county this year, it's mostly been sex on ours. Yeah. I don't think we've, I don't even think we've had race this year. 
The Bible is available for checkout at the library. Not anymore. Wait, not till not when I start visiting these libraries. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's all been sex. Well, what? Okay, we have just a minute and a half left, and Rashawn's going to hit that theme music in a minute left to go. So mm-hmm. we know our time is short. What is your favorite band book to recommend Ooh, people read during Band Book Week, Books Week, which celebrates not the banning of books but the freedom, freedom to, to read? read. Wanda, yeah, that's right. <laughs> 1984. Oh, that's a good one. And eat well. well. <laughs> Fahrenheit 451. That's a good one. Katie, how about you? Um, oh, man. I think I'll go with Two Boys Kissing, which I brought with me. It's a great yeah. YA novel. What's it about? Two Boys Kissing. Two Boys Kissing. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you, you hear a lot from folks about that one, right? We have, for sure. So thank you so much for coming in. What's the county library got going on? A bunch of stuff for Band Books Week and displays, Wanda? We got a great display. Fire pit, flames coming out, books in it. <laughs> Is this the Tyler yes. branch? We're yes. calling it Burned Book Week. Oh, I love I it. Start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Is that at Tyler and Midvale? That's at Tyler. Yes. Katie, Midvale. how about you? Yeah, we've got a display in Sandy too. So right. come check them out. Thanks so much for coming in. Really Thank appreciate you so much, ladies. It was a pleasure yeah. having and you. I do think we need to start the, what do you call it? Beer and books? Yeah, beer and books. <laughs> and then go. everyone can bring their well dog eared copies of books and all that oh, oh Sean, we're out of here thanks we're so much here. thank you so much thank ladies you. thank you laura thank you so you're much. welcome stay informed people stay educated just reading is fundamental <laughs> krcl salt lake city looking to upgrade your vehicle soon consider donating your car to krcl our vehicle donation partner will give you a tow and a tax receipt and cut krcl a check Find details about donating your car to KRCL at the support tab at krcl.org. No way, see.